WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Hour number two of the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI. Mike Cadlick from WEEI.com is in the house and for Andy Hart tonight. You can join us at 617-779-7937. You can watch the show on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI. You get all the shows from 6A all the way until 10P. Mostly football tonight. However, the Boston Red Sox. We got to do this. It's been bad. It has been It's bad. been a rough go. We've run out of words to describe how bad the offseason or I forget the offseason. In-season, offseason. Yep. All of it has been a mess over the last couple of years. Back-to-back last place finishes. Uh, back-to-back winter weekends where there's getting booed out of the place. Well, today, this isn't a shock, but Justin Turner mm-hmm. is not coming back to the Red Sox. See one and done with the Sox. He was great. Yeah, he was. He was so much better Probably than I thought. Probably the one gonna... bright spot of the year. He really was. <laughs> he was one of the few, like yeah. very few. He had 23 home runs and 96 RBI. He was immediately the team leader Mm -hmm. and i know what you're gonna say well i let him to last place i get it but as far as like he was an adult in the room he was like a real professional it was like him and kenley jansen two guys that weren't on the team the year before they're probably gonna trade kenley jansen Mm -hmm. but that was one that they hit on and was a guy who could you know he dh but he also played first he played second when they needed to him a few times team guy and he was one of their best hitters yeah so they're so much worse than they were last year like it's, it's they didn't insane. add anybody of value. Nope. Like I don't Lucas Giolito, whatever. But I don't think they added anybody of value, and they've lost guys. Yep. Like say whatever you want about Alex Verdugo, he was it was one, good first half of the season. He was one of their best players. He yep. had a terrible July. It was like one month where he was trash, but he was decent mm-hmm. starting outfielder. Justin Turner is one of your two or three best hitters all year. Those guys are gone. Adam Duvall is going to be gone, and you didn't. You brought in Tyler O'Neill. Who's I like, just. Yeah. What? I just don't get it. Did you see the clip of Rosenthal today, too, on I foul actually, territory? I you actually have, have that. Okay. Yeah, here it is on foul territory on uh, MLB Network. Yeah. Here's Ken Rosenthal asked about what the Red Sox <laughs> are doing. Ken Rosenthal, mind you, who's like <clears throat> the Adam Schefter of baseball. Yep. Right? Bow tie, he's, buttoned bow tie up. Bow tie, like, info guy. Usually yep. I would say pretty positive about these. He's very pro baseball, loves yes. baseball. He was asked what the Red Sox are doing. Are they trying? Because they, no. they let Justin Turner. They're not. Okay. <laughs> they're not trying. They're they're not trying. Uh, I mean, let's face it. They're the Boston Red Sox, okay? They don't have this regional sports network problem. They own Nesson. They are a team that should be, as their chairman Tom Werner said earlier this offseason, they should be full throttle. They've got Jordan Montgomery sitting in Boston, working out in Boston. His wife is doing a residency in Boston. He is right in front of them. And maybe they'll sign him, but it sure doesn't seem like they're going to do anything big. Sam Kennedy, their team president, said at their winter event that they probably or he indicated they might be cutting payroll. It's inexplicable to me the way they're running this thing. Now, they have young talent coming. They've got some interesting pieces even this year that they're going to incorporate. But again, it's the Boston Red Sox. And why are they not spending more? Why are they when they need a starting pitcher, when that's their number one thing, a top of the rotation guy? He's lost Sale, who could have been that guy, but maybe wasn't going to be. Who's that guy? And if they sign Blake Snell, if they sign Jordan Montgomery, you can say, okay, I get it. <laughs> Ken Rosenthal, no idea what they're doing. Crazy. He has no idea what they're doing. The Boston Red Sox. And some of these teams are, not to get into the weeds on this, but some teams are worried about 
uh, regional television and all this mm-hmm. stuff. It might affect their payrolls, but not for the Red Sox. And nobody's even saying, hey, you got to be the number one payroll or the number two payroll. Like some of those teams, like the the Mets and the Dodgers, like they're going pretty crazy. But you have to be that you be higher than you are. You don't need to be middle of the pack. Like that's insane. They doesn't seem like they're going to sign anybody to long term deals. The way he lines up the. Jordan Montgomery thing is incredible. Yeah. He's right there. He's like banging Walking outside out, the monster. Like, yeah. I want to play here. I live here. Like, and it's just, eh, maybe not. Like, They're it's waiting just, for the price to get so low, I guess. It's ridiculous. And you think that, you know, this this whole kind of thing with the Patriots. Like, okay, get rid of Haim, get rid of Bill. New blood, new mm-hmm. life. You know, a guy who's played for the team. New, you know, again, new blood, something to oh, root he's, for. He's the same as and Bloom. And he's the same thing, if not worse right he's, now. He might be worse. I mean. And I don't really blame him. I yeah, think I think they're both them. They're both kind of hamstrung. Like where yeah. I really got mad at Bloom was some uh just lack of moves at the deadline. Like he had two deadlines yeah. where he just like botched it. Right. So it's still TBD with Breslow. Now the way this team looks, who I don't think they're even going to be in it. That's why I was mad. With, like last year, there were two games out at the deadline. You're like, do something, mm-hmm. do something, or get rid of a bunch of guys and sell. They didn't do either, and that was a big problem. So now you bring in Breslow. He's probably, it feels like, told you can't sign anybody long-term. I just laugh at the full full throttle. Full still throttle. cracks me up. Well, like, he, meant, he meant levers. That was how he followed that <laughs> yeah. up. Like, oh, what, I didn't mean full throttle. I meant levers. Dude, what, was the, what was the word he said? It was like a, it was too... Uh, it wasn't artful. Yeah, it was not artful. An artful. Like, I was yeah. like... I mean... That's not how we say any of these it's things. Just, it's just a joke, and it's too bad because, like, you know, being from here and watching these teams win, and you know, they do. They went for it in 18, and you yeah. win. You win. Mm-hmm. And... For them to and did you see the the live PGA thing? That oh, so I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. So John Henry is uh, he obviously Fenway Sports Group, led by John Henry. They are on the verge of a three billion dollar commitment with a B to become a partner in the PGA Live merger and all of that stuff that's going on there. Mm-hmm. So I used to be of the mind. I think it was like when he first bought Liverpool years and years ago, and a lot of people were upset about it. And guess what? They were probably right to be upset about it then. I remember thinking, like, I'm sure he still has, like, John Henry's not picking the players or trading the players. As long as he's signing the checks and as long as, you know, the GMs and the managers are able to do what they need to do, uh, they should be fine. But then you keep adding things, right? He's Pittsburgh Penguins. He's got the NASCAR team. Mm -hmm. He's now getting involved in golf. There, remember, he was trying to make like a super duper league of soccer, oh, and yeah, all the soccer fans right. lost their minds yeah. out. So they're also involved in another golf thing, don't they? Have like the the, the so. golf simulator team here with like so it's Rory they have a McElroy's million things thing. going on. Yeah, so there's no way they're as committed to the Red Sox. And I know uh, Sam and everybody that was at Winter Weekend got all like blue in the face to be like, "Of course, we're you're a liar. liar! You're a liar! You're a <laughs> son of a bitch!" And you're like, "All right, <laughs> relax." But there's no way they're as committed. I just you can't see. I mean. Actions certainly uh, speak louder than words, oh, yeah. and the actions thus far have been: let's trade away Chris Sale and eat half of his contract. Let's trade away Verdugo for prospects. Let's not re-sign Justin Turner. Let's not bring in anybody other than Lucas Giolito on what is essentially a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. So there's no commitment to this team, and yet you got your hands in all these other things. It's like, I guess, like you're gonna keep they're gonna keep owning the team as long as it's profitable. And if they feel like people are still going to go to Fenway, they're still going to, because it's a, an event, and even if it's not Red Sox fans, they don't mm-hmm. care. It's still full tickets, uh, full price, or, every, or prices are even higher. Yep. Yeah, they're raising them. Then they're good. And, oh, by the way, if the team's payroll is lower, 
they're making more money. And if it's just mm-hmm. a business and that's all they care about, like they're making the money and and then us uh, suffer. You know, it, it, people that want to follow the Red Sox and listen to them on the radio and watch them on TV and go to a bunch of games, you're going to get a worse product because of it. How much do you think they could make off this team? They're not going to sell it. Like you said, it's too profitable and they treat it like a business. But like, is there a, is there a value? Is there a number on this team? Because, man, if they could ever end up doing it and you could get in an owner who is just going to, you know, pay out the rear and bring the Red Sox back to what they were, yeah. then they should do it. This old article, let's see. Uh, oh, no, it's not telling me. I, I, I bet they could make. Uh, here's one from Forbes. Okay. What do they think it's worth? Uh, Red Sox rights to team. Oh, this is for the yeah. birds. Never mind. I, oh, billions. I mean, they could make yeah, billions. Yeah. And, like, for what they bought it for compared to what it is now. So this is saying uh, $4.5 billion. This is from Pretty Forbes, good. so that's right, yeah, I guess. But, but yeah, I mean, I mean, they're, again, they're not going to do it. But so, and I guess my question, and you're more of a baseball guy than me. You know more. You do the you know pregame. I'm the and all pregame that. host for God's exactly. sake. Exactly. You yeah. know about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You you suffer through this every, <laughs> no, every single night. 162 of these. Um, the two year contract thing and only signing guys to you know not past 2026 or whatever. What's the deal with that, and why would that be a thing? I wonder if it is about selling the team. Like that's okay. my hope is like, hey, so whatever the new owner that comes in, he's not saddled with. Oh, you got three more years of Chris Sale, and how much? You got three more years of, you know, unfortunately Dustin Pedroia's contract ended up being a bad one. Like yeah. he was brutal. Like it just injuries piled up. Right. But they had so many long term deals. I I wonder if it is that. All right. So as much as I I don't think they're going to sell right now, I wonder if they're starting to prepare for that a little bit. Well, let them. That's for my it. hope. Then yeah. if that's what it is, I'll root for every single. Don't sign Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Leave him out on right. Beacon Street, kind of just you know waiting for a team. That's kind of my guess. Is you don't have any like real big money long term yeah. commitments. Okay. Uh, let's go to the phones. We got Lincoln and Quincy joins us next. What's up, Lincoln? Oh, hey, Rich. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a yeah. big fan of the show. Oh, thanks. Uh, big Red Sox fan as well. Uh, I'm honestly Sorry. not too worried about this season. Oh. I think that the Red Sox are going to be all right. They've got a lot of young talent, and like the the quote you just had said and i think that they're obviously making room for them to play more and it'll be interesting to see how they develop and i i hope that they can be pretty good but i I, what i really wanted to say was more along the ownership and i think it's really annoying that everyone just complains about the owners because like it's not something that i feel like is going to change but like fenway sports group would sell the red Sox. i i don't see that happening maybe they would sell like part of it off like get investment Mm -hmm. but um Really interesting from this offseason in the Premier League, you know, with Liverpool. Uh, a lot of the same criticism from Liverpool supporters towards Fenway Sports Group about them not spending. Um, they even lost out to two of their biggest targets to Chelsea, who's owned by the same guy as the Dodgers. Just throws money around like, yeah, like it's yeah. nothing. Yeah. And if you look at the, the standings right now, Liverpool's in first place and Chelsea's in like 10th. They're in the middle of the table. And I would look to see uh, the Red Sox make some signings later in the offseason. Uh, I think, like, I don't know, the market conditions might be better as the season approaches. I, and that's kind of what happened with Liverpool as well. They signed players towards the end of the off season, So I think it's still a little early to be just, like, complaining about the owners. I, I'm interested to see what happens with Alex Cora this year, too. I think that uh, if they don't do well, I would like to see him gone and then uh, Veracek in as manager. But that's all I got all for right. now. Thanks for taking my all call. All right, Lincoln, very good. Thanks for the call. I will put you down as the first pro owner call that we've yeah. taken on the show. But, hey, I'll, I'll take – all angles of it. I uh, that's it very was just Sam Kennedy talking through it. Like <laughs> yeah, like a like, paper towel. Yeah. Oh, call me uh, Lincoln in uh, <laughs> yeah. Quincy. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so, I mean, that is glass overflowing. I mean, it's back-to-back last-place finishes. To this point, they haven't done anything. And I get what he's saying. Like, he wants to wait till the season starts. We do a show every night, so, like, we're going to complain about it. Other teams have signed a lot of players. You know, they weren't in on Shohei Otani. They they weren't in enough on Yamamoto and then all these other guys that they didn't get. So I think the team is is worse off. Now, Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery are both out there. If they sign both of those guys, sure, Let's go. I'll, I'll change my tune. Split season tickets? <laughs> no, I don't. We'll do like Not the, uh, the Jimmy Fallon thing where we get we'll all, all the boys together. together. Yeah, and yeah. we have to pick all the games that we want. Yeah. But. Like, even Jordan Montgomery at this point is not like a, ooh, World Series is back on. Right. Like, it's, okay, he's an addition to your rotation. Mm-hmm. It's, he's never been an all-star. Like, he's not like a stud pitcher, but he's good. He, like, it's he's, something. He's solid. It shows it something. that you're yeah. trying to improve yeah. your team. Right now, they haven't shown that whatsoever. And I just think it's, I understand, like, all these owners and all these sports are business people. Like, they have to be, to be billionaires sure. to have the team. Or their daddy had the team, and now they own the team. But right. for the most part, like, they have other things right like even Kraft when he was talking about his uh when he was at the press conference with Mayo and he was mm-hmm. talking about all the other ones and that apparently that's where Jonathan yeah. was that's where he was he, he had to put out paper there. yeah but like what's more important to those guys than the Patriots right nothing nothing what's more important to like Wick Grosbeck than the Celtics nothing, nothing. like they, they have uh, plenty of other ventures but if you ask John Henry like hey would you rather the Red Sox win a uh, World Series or the Penguins win the Stanley Cup he'd be like the who like, I, I don't yeah. care like what does it matter to mm-hmm. me so I think that eventually that does. How though? Like I don't. I, that's what down. I don't, I don't get. Know. It's like it's Fenway Sports Group. It's the first team you owned. Like yeah. it's probably. I mean, maybe second to Liverpool, or I would. It's got to be second to Liverpool as far as like value, right? Oh, I bet Liverpool's more. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. still, like it's it's it should be your you know your baby. But like, I think it's done, just like it's, it's a, you're just too far gone in the you know full business mode, make money. I don't care about anybody else. Yeah. I think it's like a different kind of too bad. person. Like you're just so in on uh, what you're getting back, yeah. and you know there's rumors of them trying to get an expansion NBA team, yeah. and like just what's your how's your portfolio? You know, like <laughs> yeah. that's what they care about. But it still should be the top of the portfolio. Yeah, it, the one that makes the most money. It's and the if you spend, Red it makes more, right. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like have some pride. Well, and so speaking to all of all this, uh, there are reports coming out that it looks like the Angelos are going to sell. Uh, John Angelos is going to sell. The Baltimore Orioles. Ooh. Now, this guy seems like a little bit of a dink because you remember he was the guy who basically had their announcer like suspended when all he oh, did, yeah. remember their play by play guy, uh, all he did was say, hey, like the Orioles have like struggled in, tro- in Tropicana Field and they had a graphic, <laughs> yeah. and like, here's their record. I watched the clip like three times. He didn't say anything bad. He wasn't sarcastic. He was, there wasn't anything. It was just it wasn't stats. like a gotcha thing or anything. Nope. It was right. like when they come to Tampa, no, this was, is their record, right? It was It was even worse. It was this is what it was the last five years, and they've been awesome there like the last <laughs> five. I think it was something like that. It like showed improvement of bizarre. them playing a tournament. Yeah, so then it he was, was like sneaky, sneaky suspended for a little bit. It was because the owner didn't like it, and yeah. they don't spend. It's the Orioles. They don't spend. But right. They've been so bad for so many years that they got so many high draft picks, and now they're killing it. And so if they get new owners in there and they combine the young talent that they inherit with what every new owner does, let's go buy some big free agents, the Orioles could be a whole lot better. Yeah. So it, it, Justin Turner goes to the Blue Jays. He's in the division. It feels like the Orioles are probably primed to be a, a big spender going forward. So John yeah. Henry should buy the Orioles. He should. Take them. Yeah. Take the Orioles. 
And maybe John Henry sees what the Orioles get, and he's like, hey, I can get even more for yeah. the Sox. Maybe, they'll, <laughs> maybe it'll inspire him. Who knows? Uh, but you can feel free to weigh in on the Red Sox if you so choose. Uh, I want to get back to the Patriots, though, in their offensive coordinator search, get Catholic's take on all the different candidates that have uh, come into Foxborough to get interviewed. But right now, here is Stiz with What's Trending. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. All right, let's get you caught up with some quick headlines. The Celtics rallied back and beat the Pelicans last night, 118 to 112 at home. Celtics back at the Garden tonight, hosting the Pacers. This is the fifth and final time the Celtics will play Indiana this season, with tonight's winner clinching the season series. Kristaps Porzingis questionable with the left ankle sprain. Luke Cornett doubtful, and Al Horford has been ruled out. Former Celtic Rajon Rondo was arrested Sunday in Indiana for unlawful possession of a firearm, drug paraphernalia, and marijuana. The charges are misdemeanors. Rondo, who spent 16 seasons in the NBA, was stopped for a traffic violation in Jackson County, Indiana, and a trooper smelled marijuana, according to court records and an Indiana State Police spokesperson. The Bruins, they're off this week. They're back on the ice next Tuesday night when they'll host the Calgary Flames at the TD Garden. Puck drops from Causeway Street at 7 p.m. Fenway Sports Group, led by Red Sox owners John Henry and Tom Werner, are on the verge of a $3 billion commitment to become a partner in the PGA Live merger. This after the news today that the Toronto Blue Jays and previous Sox DH Justin Turner have come to an agreement on a one-year deal. Turner's contract includes a $13 million base salary plus $1.5 million available in roster and performance bonuses. From Albert Breer, ex-Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze. He was in New England today interviewing with the Patriots. Getze will also have a second interview for the Saints offensive coordinator job tomorrow in New Orleans. The New England Patriots still looking to fill some key positions within the team. And Eminem took to social media to say that he stopped right in his diss record after the Lions announced today that offensive coordinator Ben Johnson has decided to return to Detroit for 2024. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keefe Show coming up. Remember, you can listen to WEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEI. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. Some are suggesting on the text line that the last caller who was pro Red Sox ownership may have been a plant call. May have been somebody that's, you never know. Henry's got a lot of money to throw around. You never know. They could be calling into night shows. Who's to say? Uh, But, yeah, it's been a brutal offseason for the Red Sox. I don't know how the in-season is going to be a whole lot better, but add that to the uh, the pile for sure. All right, as for the Patriots' offensive coordinator search, Cadlick, who is in for heart tonight, you've been all over this. Trying Uh, to be. They had some... I thought really good candidates in, and those guys all took jobs immediately. Yeah, so we're up to 11 interviewees. Um, Let me pull up a list because not all 11, like you said, are still, I guess, eligible for the the job. Yeah, the first two or three were Shane Waldron, Mm -hmm. who was with Seattle. He was actually here a long time ago, but he was in Seattle as the offensive coordinator. He's now the Bears offensive coordinator, so you scratch him off. Zach Robinson. Yep. Was the guy behind the guy with the uh, with Sean McVay? Yep. In uh, in L.A., he, he obviously a former draft pick by the Patriots as well, but that was years and years ago. 
I like the idea. He'd been with McVay for a long time. Well, modern long time, right? Coaches used to be with certain coaches yeah. for like forever. Now it's like three or four it's been years. like 2018, I think. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that feels like a long time. But I thought he would be really good. He goes with Raheem Morris to Atlanta. Yep. And then you had, uh, what's Dan, Dan Pitcher. Pitcher with Cincinnati who's yep. staying there. So, so now, yeah, so and now now today, just, you know, moments ago, actually, after the Bobby Slowick thing came out, uh, Texans quarterback, Ger- quarterback coach Gerard Johnson uh, also will be returning to Houston. So he is off the board. He interviewed with the Patriots last week. Um, he is staying in Houston okay. for a big raise and an extension, um, according to Shepard. So right. now in the search is Nick Cayley, Thomas Brown, Tanner Enstrand, oh, yeah. the Lions guy, uh-huh. uh, Brian Flurry, Luke Getze, Clint Kubiak and Scott Turner, the who's who of uh, yeah. offensive coordinators. So which again, I mean, Kubiak and Turner are interesting because you know, sons of head coaches. Which I, I mean, yes, it's it's sort of nepotism, but it's also like guys who've been around the game forever and know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at Tanner Enstrand from the Lions as a guy who could open up because he was looked at as that next guy behind Ben Johnson. Right? Is he really going to stay as a pass game coordinator if he's getting offensive coordinator jobs? Maybe unfinished business type thing. If Aaron Glenn stays to get the whole band back together, yeah, bang, bang, boom, right. let's get Detroit back to the Super Bowl. Um, so, and that, I mean, again, but though out of this list, like it really feels like it's just going to be Nick Cayley. But they bring in, that then, then they bring in Cayley. Luke Getzey for an in-person one today. And it's like, those are the two probably last people on the list for me. Like maybe, no, okay. I, Cayley, I don't hate as much as Getzey. Like I look at Getzey as a guy who was brought into Chicago last year from Green Bay and did nothing really with what he was supposed to do. Like, it was like, okay, you come in and help Justin Fields, and it was kind of the opposite. So my fear with that one is if they end up with Jaden Daniels, Mm -hmm. and you're like, all right, you couldn't do anything with Justin Fields, like, what are you going to do with Jaden Daniels? Because that's, I mean, all these guys, there's a great chance they're going to be working with either Daniels or Drake May, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, and maybe it's somebody else, but it feels like right now it could be one of those guys. The only one, I believe, besides Getsy that has offensive coordinator experience is Thomas Brown. Right. Who was with the only team worse than you last year? <laughs> yeah. They were horrible. He's the Carolina Panthers OC. However, he was with the Rams for three years. Another friend of McVay. So you have a lot of McVay Shanahan guys on the list. So that's at least a step in the right direction in my mind. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of it's definitely a lot of unknown. You don't know how they're going to be. It's do you go from you know tight ends coach all the way up to offensive coordinator? It, it's possible. Tanner Engstrom, I agree with you. The He's not just going to get promoted in Detroit, clearly, so right. maybe he's more willing to to leave. I'd be probably the most interested in him. He's been working with Ben Johnson for the last four years or whatever mm-hmm. in Detroit. Right. So you saw that offense really turn around, make a big step forward last year. They were good again this year. So I I kind of like that one. Kaylee kind of concerns me a little bit because he, he was gone, which I like, but he was gone for one year. Yeah. So he has way more coaching experience under Bill Belichick, under – Josh McDaniels, Matt Patricia. The old system. <laughs> right, sakes. yeah. He was here for the Matt Patricia year. Yeah. He was not here this year, clearly. And he was the tight ends coach with McVay. So is he ready to just be like, here's the playbook. I know it inside and out. Now I'm teaching it. Or, would, you know, does he need another year or two to yeah. be coaching with those guys? I'm going to I'm gonna steal one from Phil Perry here, who was on, I think it was Boston Sports Tonight or one of those shows. And, uh Basically, he he alluded to Kaylee's year in L.A. as like a summer abroad, and <laughs> you know you're in college, a and new you, man, yeah. Do, yep. you, do you come back from Spain as a as a complete new man and a changed mm-hmm. man, and you know you got rid of all your your sins and everything you did at the old place, and I'm I'm back and I'm tan and I'm better than ever, and that's kind of what this looks like for Kaylee, and I, 
I mean, I look at it and like everyone, and I remember, and I know I heard Hart a couple uh, last week talking about you know the Twitter, the Twitter people and the Twitter haters or whatever in his mentions, and like I tweeted that um, they're going with McVeigh guys in Kaylee and Zach Robinson, and everyone's like, well, Kaylee's not a McVeigh guy, and he's a Patriot, and like. I, it kind of is. I know he's not. I know he was here. <laughs> right. I've covered the team. I've been a fan. Of, like, I know who Nick Cayley is. Yeah. He did go out and learn from Sean McVay for a year. I think that's important. I think that's valuable. But do you value, again, it seems like they're going to end up valuing familiarity over, you know, an offense you know even more. And, yes, you can learn the scheme. And he talked to Devin McCourty. Devin McCourty talked about this on, uh, I think it was the Greg Hill Show, when he went out to interview Matt Stafford for Sunday Night Football, he was talking to Kaylee, and Kaylee was like, it's a lot of the same stuff we've done, just taught in a little bit different of a way. Hmm. So he takes that, he blends the two, he brings in a new quarterback. I see people saying that he's never called plays before. Most guys who haven't been an offensive coordinator haven't called plays before. Yeah, how like, do you how do you the call only, plays if you're not the play caller? Right. In fact, a lot of offensive coordinators even don't call plays. Exactly. Because around the league now, all those geniuses like Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay are calling their own plays. Right. So, yeah. It has to be trial by fire. And if you're going to – the whole thing really right now is trial by fire. You have a, yeah. a very young head coach, a very young defensive coordinator in Covington, bringing a guy in Kaylee who hasn't done it before, and you're not going to like this, but – I feel like what's going to happen is you bring in Kaylee, you bring in Josh McDaniels above him, Rough. and that's going to be the thing. You might be right because right now they're staring down the barrel yep. of a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach, a rookie defensive coordinator, a rookie offensive coordinator, a rookie GM. Yep. I don't know if that's ever been done. That's like that tough. Five of the most important positions, I mean the most important position player, but then the guy that's picking your players and then the three most important yep. coaches are all doing that job for the first time. And I also think it's kind of crazy if you take – you know, this, the team from two years ago and who was on the roster and, you know, what the coaching staff was. And you're like, all right, after 24 years, we're making the hard decision to move on from Bill Belichick. And you're like, all right, you're going to really turn the page? Yeah. Like, no, we're going to have Gerard Mayo, Demarcus Covington, and Nick Cayley <laughs> yeah, right. running the show. Like, that's kind of crazy I to know. me. And so, yeah, I think like, it's a, really not a full reset at all. Like, the more no, you not think about all. it, the more, it, it, the, the more things happen. And I don't hate the Covington hire. Like, you didn't have to change anything on defense. No, the defense is solid. And I think in a vacuum, I think each guy is fine. Like, yeah. Mayo, Covington, Kaylee. Right. Like, all right, whatever. That's what it is. They all deserved a head coach, DC, and OC sure. job at some point. But then to have them all lined up together right. at the same time, like, I don't. Love that. Yeah. And I don't know who the right offensive coordinator is now that Shane Waldron is unavailable, but usually when you have a staff that is so young, and the head coach is so young, and right. he really went from, let's be honest, position coach to head coach. That's what he, that's what yep. he did. Yep. Usually, yeah, he never called defensive players. No. So usually you hire somebody who is like a veteran guy to lean on, but also not really a threat to take your job. Yeah. And, so who's your top choice? Who's left? Uh, I think Engstrom. Okay. Just because I'll I'll take some of that Lions magic, doing it with a quarterback who I don't love. Uh, ben Johnson would have been, obviously, in a, an amazing hire, but he should have been a head coach, but he's turning that down. So I think out of the list there, because it's not a list that just <laughs> blows no, you away not. by any stretch. I, like, I don't hate the idea of Clint Kubiak. Okay. Um, text line, Yep. Cliff Kingsbury. I would, take Cliff. I would take Cliff. I'm I with would you on love that. that. Yeah, and it, the rumor is he's you know trying to get back in the NFL as, an, as a play caller. Because he interviewed with Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh I think. And I, I don't know if it was you Chicago? know official. Oh, yes, he interviewed with Chicago because everyone linked that to Caleb Williams. And then I think the Raiders were trying to get an interview with him as well. Uh, okay. He should be a professional would, play caller. He's so, very good at it. He actually, 
the more you think about it, I think he would be perfect for this team because I think you can have both. You can have a guy who has NFL experience, he has head coaching experience, but he wasn't a great head coach. So if Mayo struggles, it's not like, hey, let's promote Cliff. Like, right. I don't think people would say that, but you're like, hey, let's focus on the offense. And if Cliff Kingsbury is only doing offense, because he wasn't, he was a 500 college coach, he was hit or miss in the pros, yeah. but that's because he's trying to do everything. If he's just focused on developing the quarterback, mm-hmm. winning Johnny Manziel a Heisman, Thank or you. getting Kyler Murray to the playoffs, I like that. I one love the best. Cliff. You're yeah. talking me. You're talking my game. Yeah, I don't like, I, I need just, to I, Cliff Yeah, Kingsbury. seriously. Uh, I like him, but doesn't seem like. I mean, they, they're interviewing 12 people, and he's that's not the, one of that's them. That's the other thing. It's like, okay, then you add a 12th to the mix. And me and Andy talked about this on Six Rings the other day, where at what point is it just way too many? Like, you can't make a decision. Like, I feel like. A oh, li- I think we're there. You I think, think so? I think we're kind so of there. Think they're scrambling or yes. what? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I well, I wonder if. They don't have any one person hiring this person either, which right. is a major problem. So, if yeah, Mac- there's still no top of the food chain, yes, no. man, in this organization, and at so least from the outside. One of the things with being a rookie uh, head coach is you're not used to the process of hiring coaches on your staff. Right. So, Gerard Mayo might like a couple of guys, but he's not dead set sold on it. Maybe Macro likes a couple of guys. Maybe Jonathan and Robert Kraft like a couple of guys. Like, all right, well, okay, that's great, but let's bring it. Actually, you know who I like? Let's bring in this guy one more time. Yeah. And now it's like, so who who's making the final call on right. that? Just like we don't know who's making the final call with the number three pick. We don't know who's picking the offensive coordinator. And so, yeah, it's a, it's, and that's the it's tough a ton thing. of guys they brought in. That's the tough thing, too, with the, the no guy at the top of the food chain and, mm-hmm. you know, this whole the collaborative and we're going to collaborate and we're going to use multiple heads. And it's like, okay, but at the end of the day, when you need someone to decide between two things and there's no final say yes men yeah. then when you do make the decision and it doesn't pan out everyone's going to be pointing at each other and saying no he said it no he said it that wasn't my guy that was there and then there's you know there's no accountability and that's the thing that robert Kraft loves is to be able to hold people accountable yeah and right uh, now there's no top yes men for that in the patriots organization unless it's themselves or jonathan so and whoever they bring in from if it's from this list right if it's not josh mcdaniels or cliff kingsbury it is such an unknown. Yep. I mean, it is. It is. Who knows? You want the uh, uh, 49ers tight ends coach. You want a Rams tight ends coach. You want a, a Lions passing game coordinator. Two like, ex offensive coordinators yeah. in Getzey and Brown. Yeah. Like, and I don't want either one of those guys. Not really. The Thomas Brown one is is. I don't think he did anything wrong in Carolina. Yeah, that that's whole true. thing was just a disaster. And right, if and Getzey was actually decent in Green Bay as a pass game coordinator, but he actually like sort of failed with Chicago and they kind of ran him out of town where Thomas Brown was just right felt like a plus you know, like a product when you're of his in, environment yeah and like it, that's what it's so tough to know because right. when you're in one place like how much of that is it just going to work because it's McVeigh and Shanahan or right. LaFleur in Green Bay yeah. or is it like how much did you have a say in it uh speaking of the whole coaching situation uh Tom Brady was actually on the Pat McAfee show earlier today and was asked about Gerard Mayo, of course, former teammate of his, and clearly he was going to be glowing about Gerard Mayo, but here's what Tom Brady had to say about the new Patriots head coach. Yeah, Gerard was a great leader, a great captain, a great friend. I think he had tremendous amount of success in football and then had success in other parts of his life when he retired. And then him coming back into coaching, I think is great for the NFL and certainly great for the Patriots. He's got a great understanding of how things need to be done. I think Gerard does an incredible job um, relating to everybody in the locker room, all the coaches, and I think he'll do a, he'll do a great job. So you know, it's 
it's tough for the Patriots. It's tough for every team in the NFL. After two weekends from now, it's going to be tough for 31 other teams for an entire offseason. And, you know, there's only one great, one happy team at the end of the year, and then 31 other teams are looking how looking for answers, trying to figure out how to get back. And the Patriots are one of those teams, and they made some significant changes. There's been a lot of change in the NFL that's always certain. Um, I'm just excited to pay attention and watch it, and I'll be paying attention now, all offseason, every move, and, and I know when I hit the ground running with Fox next year, we'll be up to speed and ready to go out there and kick some ass. So that was Brady on McAfee talking about Mayo. But real quick, we real quick. Uh, <laughs> we had to talk. So uh, Cadillac in our bet du jour said he was thinking about doing Porzingis' first bucket, but he ended up doing something else, something with like lower odds. Uh, and then Bears, uh, one of our listeners, yeah. and he was in our, actually in our fantasy football league, he often will take some of our picks and parlay them. So believe it or not, he decided to take the Porzingis first bucket with two of our other bets. And wouldn't you know it? First bucket Porzingis. Let's go, Bears. Yeah. See, so I always I say go it. with your gut. Yep. I, oh, it's a feeling. If I, I'm going to feel so bad if I screw him on the Neesmith. I know. Because if that's the and most difficult Tatum, one, right? Have, so the other two should happen. It's Tatum's over 28 and a half. Tatum yep. just scored two. And then it's it's Neesmith. So. Neesmith at 12 and a half. Okay. So we'll have our eyes peeled on that. We got to, uh, our, our reaction, we're listening to the clip. That's <laughs> that's a perfect social media clip all of a sudden. It's just like, yes. <laughs> and we don't say anything because it's over Brady. It's like, are they stuff. reacting to Brady? No, but so Brady was on there for a while today and was asked yeah. all kinds of questions about the Chiefs and about like his new uh, merger, like the you know TB12 is no longer, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, but also, what he went back to a few times and he did it there was his gig on Fox next yeah. year and how he's going to be preparing and he's going to be getting ready for Fox and how he's going to be doing the Super Bowl next year and yep. all this stuff. I'd always maintained, as soon as he signed that deal with Fox, that he would never do a game. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, you're stupid. Like He got all this money. It's like, well, he could have done them this year. And he didn't. Right? He's not right. playing football. He could be calling games this year. Yeah, he is technically he under contract, I think. Right. Like, but he's like, oh, I need a year. It's like, all right, so you're not doing that. But he seems pretty gung-ho about it. I still wonder, if I put the over-under at two and a half full seasons of Tom Brady as the top color guy for Fox, what would you take? Over. Okay. I still don't think he's going to be there long. Like, I don't think he's going to be like Aikman, who I mean, was there I mean, three years forever. still isn't long. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's kind of yeah. like, that's... I still think he'll kick around for a little while, but I mean, we were talking about it before the show. Yeah. Like, I just the every time Tom Brady, like today, he did his rounds after the Noble merger, and I think I listened to every single one. He was on the herd. He was on McAfee. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on a podcast too. Like, I I tuned into all of them because it's like, oh, let's listen to what Tom Brady has to say. Mm-hmm. But the aura, the lore of oh, Tom Brady speaking, that goes away when he's on TV every single Sunday. And yeah. so, yeah, like I think I'll might get. I don't know if I'll get sick of ever listening to Tom Brady, but when it's every single Sunday, well, that's on, when it happens. Yeah. And so it can get a little stale, so you wonder. It depends on how good he is, because I feel like, you know, Troy Aikman's been at it a long time yep. and is still pretty solid. True. like And good. Whereas, like, Chris Collinsworth, there was a time he was bad, then a time where he was good, and a time where he's bad again. Tony Romo, people loved, and now they yeah. hate him. With a passion, they hate Romo. Greg Olson is good right now. And we'll see where he goes. That's when I wonder how how fast that goes downhill with Olsen. Yeah, well, or where he's even going to be, right? Like, because is he, like, who's his play-by-play guy? Is he still with Fox or is he somewhere else? Fox has a tough decision to make because, again, everyone loves Olsen right now. You're not going to put him as the number two because then nobody's listening to it and everyone's just going to clamor that they should make a move, but you can't really fire him or let him go because he is so valid. Like, it's just... I just, I also think of... We need a good old-fashioned media trade. Yes, media trade. That's what we need. Yes, 
Yeah, Fitzy had a good idea yesterday. He said trade Greg Olson from Fox to Amazon Prime so he okay. can do the Thursday night games mm-hmm. and send Fox, like, the boys or one of their great TV shows All right. and sort of see what happens. I don't hate it. Uh, I don't think Fox would be able to air the boys based on the stuff they show. So Doubtful. Maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that'd have to go somewhere else. Does Fox have a streaming service? Yeah, well, Fox is Hulu, right? Isn't I it? I think they're all the same umbrella. No. Yeah. Fox, because Disney bought Fox. so then Everybody they, owns everything. They all, they all, it's, all, it's like three companies yeah, in the world. Yeah, seriously. But I also look at, like, across all sports, the greatest of all time, or at least the people that are in the conversation, most of them don't coach, and most of them don't uh, do play-by-play or color mm-hmm. for years after the fact. So, like, Wayne Gretzky is on like a studio show now yep. and like Charles Barkley and Shaq are on a studio show. So there are guys that are still in the media, right? but as far as the grind of like traveling yeah. and like going to all these and different, pre- pl- like they do like the, the prep shows and everything. Like yeah. Like, oh yeah. Production so it's meetings not, or whatever. It's not yeah. just showing up Sunday at one and then leaving at four. Like you got to do a whole lot more work and there's travel involved. Like Michael Jordan's not doing that. Uh, I mean, I just, I guess Tom Brady's at least give it a go. Yeah. Who else would even be in that mix? I mean, I don't baseball, love them. Like, yeah, in baseball. Uh, does anybody do? <laughs> no, who's? Mm, well, A Rod does like a studio show. Oh, that's show, true. But he's like, good, but not. But he's like, not a. He's again. He's not a. You know, in the booth calling the whole game. Like Troy Aikman had a really good career, so Troy yeah. Aikman's a Hall of Famer. I, I guess is is an argument the other way. But yeah. Brady, Brady's so far above all these guys. He's the number one athlete ever. Yeah. So like, so it's, I think it's going to be impossible. Tough. I mean, again, it's. It's hard to turn down that money and good on Fox to yeah. again get that because it's so it's so rare that you actually do get the again the number one athlete calling your games. But yeah. I don't know how long he ends up doing it. You're right. All right, we're going to uh, turn our attention. ESPN put together a list of the top 50 free agents. So Ooh. who are some guys the Patriots should target, and who are the Patriots who are on said list? We'll get to all of that. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Mike Cadlick in for Hart tonight on Weei. If you missed any of our Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Well, never too early to talk about free agents for the Patriots because it's been the offseason for them for several weeks now. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show, Mike Cadlick from WEEI.com in for heart tonight. And uh, ESPN put out their top 50 yep. free agents, and uh, four of them are from the Patriots. Oh, yeah. How do you like that? Uh, number 25, Kyle Duggar. 26, Mike Onwenu. 41, Trent Brown. And 47, Josh Uche. Before we get to other guys they should target that are on that list, of the guys that are there, I know you and Hart did like a whole podcast on it on Six Rings mm-hmm. about those that are uh, still uh, are their own free agents who they should prioritize. But who is your number one priority that is uh, on the path? It's It's got to be Mike Unwinu. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that should be unanimous. Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised that he was under Duggar on ESPN's list. That's just kind of a, a I guess, probably a national perspective, perspective and not a, a local thing that you don't really think about. Yeah, but you it's know, not a great tackle list, so you'd think no, that no. alone would help bump him up. No, that's true. I mean, he, he should be one of the top, like, 10 to 15 players in yeah. free agency this season. Like, he's he's really damn good. Mm-hmm. And he's versatile. He plays inside and outside, guard tackle, both sides, left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard. Like, he can play everywhere besides center. And, yeah, I just think with where the Patriots are at as far as their three big holes at quarterback, wide receiver, and tackle, and Wenu should absolutely be their number one priority this offseason. Oh, my God, yeah, because, like, where do they go? Where do they turn without him? Yeah. And, 
I mean, we also don't know who's in charge of that. So it, once again, like offensive coordinator, number three, or re-signing guys, like where do they turn? Because on Wenu, and they have, they've bounced him around and he's, he's done whatever job they ask him to yep. do. Like some team is going to offer him a lot of money. The question is like, will the Patriots match that? And will in this day and age, will even matching it be enough? Right. You know, in years know past, you you're like, oh, it's a good team. Right. But like. I don't know. You might have to go even higher than that. Yeah. So he spoke and said that he he did say he wanted to be back here, and yeah, you know, like not it. a lot of people. You got to again. You kind of just have to take him at his word for mm-hmm. it right now because a lot of those guys like don't even really say it. They just say, "Yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna leave that up to my agent and blah blah blah." He True. at least said, "This is where I, you know, grew up and who took a chance on me, so I would like to be back here." But that's only goes as far as how far the money goes, and so yeah, they should pay him. They should pay him what he's worth. He's worth what he's worth, and like that kind of sounds silly to say but and I've written about this a couple times where you might look at his like the how much money a guard gets paid versus how much money a tackle gets paid yeah right but I'm okay with paying him at the tackle even if he has to play guard sometimes because you're paying for that versatility Mm -hmm. you're paying for the fact that if we need to bump you inside or we need to bump you outside we can do that and so yeah, I think that 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 has to be one of the guys. They well, they kind of bungled it this year. Like yep. City So should have been playing guard more, and yep. on one should have been playing tackle more from Jump Street, Bingo. and they didn't do that. They eventually figured that out. You know, Trent Brown's actually a guy that said that. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I don't want oh, him back Trent. at all. And he, I don't think he will be back. Yeah, the fact that Bill's gone, I feel like there's at least maybe a chance. When Bill was here, I'm like, no, that wasn't gonna work out. But, but. I also think that Bill would was kind of a reason he might have, you know, they kept giving him chances. Maybe. Like they, maybe. they brought him back the, the first time, and granted, it didn't get as bad as it did the second time the first time. Like, right, right, right. I mean, he was just speaking out of his rear end and, you know, saying whatever he wants, and I guess, you know, not I don't want to say good for him because it was kind of like a, a cancer <laughs> inside the locker room type I mean, thing. Yeah, a lot like, to say, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, so I, I don't know. He's on the list. He's He can play. I just think he needs a, a change of scenery as much as anybody. Yeah, for sure. And then Josh Uche made the list. If mm-hmm. this list, if he was a free agent a year ago, I'm sure he would have been even higher oh, on yeah. the list. This year he was a little, much more invisible. Yeah. Uh, well, when when me and Andy did our, our list, we both had Anthony Jennings over Josh Uche. Yeah. So I think that's definitely a team thing, right? Because Uche, yeah. you're like, well, two years ago he had like 10 sacks or whatever, right. whereas like Jennings, you really got to watch the games to sort exactly. of appreciate the value there. Yeah, he do, he, Jennings does more. Uche is more of like a pure-ish yeah. pass rusher. And so, I mean, that's kind of, again, that's a, that's a team thing there for sure. But. What about now the draft will obviously uh, have one, you know, we'll get into the draft coming up and who you want at number mm-hmm. three, but which free agents do you think they should prioritize? And, and you know, there's some guys on this list that are going to command big yeah. money, but, like, wh- which guys would you want them to get the most? I mean, eyes always go to the wide receivers, and yep. I think that that's exactly where they have to go. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're going to go, you know, tackle, I think you you you, you keep on Wenu here and then maybe sign another guy, but I don't think you should spend, spend, spend on tackle. I think you need to do that at wide receiver. I agree. And you need to pair that quarterback you bring in with a veteran pass catcher. And so the top three is Mike Evans – well, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, in yep. my opinion. And I think Higgins and Pittman are probably going to be franchised by their teams. So Ugh. as much as I would love for them to throw a bag at T. Higgins, I don't think since he's going to let it happen. Pittman, I like maybe. Pittman a lot. I like Pittman too, yeah. but I also look at a guy like Mike Evans who I don't think Tampa's going to franchise him. They're kind of – not that they're going to move in a different direction this season. They're probably going to re-sign Baker and try and go, but like they have a Chris Godwin, and are you just going to continue to – franchise tag Mike Evans or are you going to let him go and you could give Evans a three-year deal and he could he's going to go for a thousand yards every year yes. just like he has Clockwork. the last 10 years yeah he has uh you know playoff pedigree he's been to a Super Bowl he's yeah, won right. a Super Bowl like that's a guy who's just over reliable and if you do bring in a Jaden Daniels or Drake May and you give him a guy like that 
then you're kind of cooking with something. So I also Mike Evans is my guy right now. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Like those are the uh, the top three guys. I mean, T Higgins, I think would be an absolute beast. I would I would go T Higgins over Mike Evans only because like I was talking about. With I the would too. Guys. I just yeah yeah take yeah. Him he probably won't board. be there. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, the net the probably the fourth guy would be Calvin Ridley to me. Yeah, he was pretty boomer bust this year. There were some games where you're like, holy smokes, that's the former first round pick, and then there'd be other games where he'd be invisible. Yep. And uh, Christian Kirk was the more uh, right, more productive receiver in Jacksonville. But the skill set is still there in Ridley. And I think if you brought in Ridley, depending on what you do in the draft, he immediately becomes your number one receiver. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of go from there. At least you're elevating that that room. Yeah. Um, I'm a, down for Ridley. I'm down for yeah. any sort of splash in the room, to be honest. Because last year it was Juju. Who I, who liked Juju? I wonder. No, that was, was nobody on this show. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So that no, was no, a, you know what? It happens. And, and right. you were able to uh, get off of that take yeah. at some point and, and move on. Uh, Hart said, did you also like Kisiki? Maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> no! I was gung-ho. I yeah, liked the offseason. I, I did. I just, I thought it, I thought it made sense. And it, it went and bought. But this is, the behind, but. but this is what I, what I don't want. And I think at least with those top three guys, you don't have it. I think with Ridley, you wouldn't have it either. But over the last three years, when they brought in Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I kind of rolled my eyes every time because I was like, I don't want these guys. Like these guys spend a little bit more, yeah, and get well, they spent it on Aguilar. They, they spent a lot on Aguilar, yeah. But but I get but your like, point. Get DeAndre Hopkins. Like DeAndre right. Hopkins was available, or trade for AJ Brown, or trade for uh, you know Steph Diggs Tyree years Kill. ago, or Tyree Kill. Like trade for those. Like those guys come in and are no brainer. Right, your best receiver and help your quarterback. All the other guys were like. Remember three years ago when he was good? Yeah, he sucked for two years after that. But this is the year he's going to bounce right. back. I'm like I don't, I don't want those guys. And uh, yeah, the other three, the other three are, are clearly top end guys. But it's a good point. Like who knows how many of them will even shake loose? Well, that and, and just and so where are you thinking about like wide receiver and where they where they go at the position? Because clearly it's a need. And I don't care if Devontae Parker and Juju and Kendrick Bourne are in your room, it's still not good enough. No, and no. So no. like. You need two guys better. Where are you on quarterback versus Marvin Harrison? Are we going to go there now? Let's do that next. Let's do that. No, that's a good idea. Let's do that next. So, uh, Cadillac's not here that often, so let's get his take on who he wants at number three and uh, even the the draft plan because they're picking high in the second round. You could always trade up and then have two first-round picks. So, uh, good time to talk some draft. You can join us at 617-779-7937. Who do you want at number three overall? We'll do that coming up next year on the Rich Keefe Show, WEI.